What name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, brought from the infant earth, one arose, the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, man. And as heaven waited short with bread, the creator spoke yet another, Eve, mother of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations, Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God, as the universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And he is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in him. He was everlasting father when orphaned Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves. When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting Father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials, shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor. God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul renowned? our wonderful counselor this is our mighty god this is our everlasting father our prince of peace what name could contain emmanuel god with us yahweh the great i am what name could contain the word of life the light of the world the king of kings the lord of all we bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry Jesus. We cry holy is the name.
Man, I was not sure whether we were going to have 20 people here today or 420 people here today, but Merry Christmas. I have never had a service Christmas Day on Sunday morning. This is cool. And y'all came. And you're watching. Come on, somebody. That is me. <laughs> I've never been able to say Merry Christmas from the pulpit on Christmas Day. That's just cool to me. And I just thank God I don't have to sing O Holy Night this morning. Praise the Lord. Hey, often in December, we just preach a series that centralizes around Christmas and the birth of Jesus. It's kind of a end of the year, it's a wrap up. It even, it even sometimes has that feel. And I'm not saying we'll never do that again. I'm just saying that that's not the direction that God necessarily led us this year. We'll normally do like a, a, standalone, a, a standalone message. It might even kind of carry over into November and maybe we have a Sunday between Christmas and, and January. But this year was different. Um, this year, the series that we went into, I, I want to even use the word, and I, and I use this carefully because I don't like to just flippantly say stuff like this, but I believe that this series in December was a prophetic proclamation of what God was getting ready to do in the lives of the people that are connected to this church. We called this series, Kingdom Came. I believe that that is a prophetic proclamation of what God is getting to ready to do in the lives of the people in this church who are willing to truly surrender to his will for their lives. I believe that the kingdom of God is getting ready to reveal itself in and through you unlike ever before. And I believe that that is a prophetic word for 2023 in regard regards to the direction of this church. Unlike ever before, the word for this year, every year I pray, God, what is your word? You remember in 2020, everybody was going, this is the year of vision. This is the year of fulfillment. I was like, I don't think so. I'm not feeling it. And I got in this pulpit and I said, guys, I feel like the Lord is telling us that this is the year of reflection, that we're going to be caused to look into our heart unlike ever before. And just a few months later, we learned it was not the year of vision. It was not the year of fulfillment. It was the year of, oh my God, what is going on? And we had to reflect unlike ever before. And I sense this in my spirit, unlike anything that I've said from this pulpit recently. I believe that this is the year of the kingdom. I believe that this is the year that the kingdom of God is getting ready to reveal itself to you and use you to equip and build in others unlike ever before. God came to the earth. The fact that Jesus was born in a manger is way more than just us inheriting the kingdom of God. No, Jesus came to bring heaven to the earth. 
Jesus came so that we could receive him and through him and by his spirit and power, we too could be a part of not just going to heaven. See, when we belittle the purpose of Christ to just simply going to heaven, then we misunderstand our purpose in life. And all we do is sit back and hope for the day that we finally get to go to heaven. But what God did on that day when he came and allowed himself to be laid in a manger is he said, what I have up here is about to come down there and I'm going to use you to bring it. The God of the universe, the hanger of trillions of stars, the creator of billions of galaxies lowered himself, humbled himself a little lower than the angels to become a baby born into a family. That shows me that God cares a lot about you, about your family, about your singleness in him about who he desires to reveal himself to be in your life. Yesterday, I, I had the children in the living room and everybody else had the presents out in front of them. And we didn't do this last night because it was getting late and um, little ones don't understand this, but mine have gotten into the season where they're old enough to, to just wait a second. And they had all their presents in front of them way more than what they should. Because grandparents think they've just been so good, but the grandparents haven't been here. <laughs> I always got way more than I deserve to, it's okay. And right before they were getting ready, I mean, little Chris was getting ready to tear some stuff up, man. And I said, hey, before you open the first present, I want to do something. I want you to tell me one thing, one big thing that you're grateful for. See, because gratitude is not a feeling, it's an expression. Gratitude is not something that you get if you happen to have the right circumstances. Gratitude is something that comes from a decision that you make. And so in that moment, I said, hey, I, I want you to choose one thing, and I want to hear it. And you should have heard what my 12, 10, 8-year-old children, as they just began to think, man, what God did this year. I challenge you, even if you've already opened presents, before you eat today, before you continue on in whatever traditions you do, just pause and just think for a moment and then express out loud. Just one, one big thing. What did God do in your life in 2022? It begins to stir your faith for what he's about to do in 2023. And before we opened our first present, we're in the living room in tears, thanking God. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm tired or if I'm just feeling it right now. But that's what gratitude does this Christmas morning. In the next 20 minutes, and I don't believe I can do it either, but just hang in here with me. I want to talk about the joy 
the joy. We've said kingdom came. We said God came to the earth. We said Jesus came. I want you to understand that joy, joy came to the earth. In 1719, Isaac Watts published a collection of poems based on the Psalms of David. You can actually look that book up, written by him. Watts was ostracized as a heretic, you know, because you're not supposed to change the word of God. And he took the Psalms of David and began to write his own poems out of these Psalms. And the church scrutinized him. Specifically, he was ostracized for his rendition of Psalm 98. His rendition of Psalm 98, it was never intended to be a Christmas carol. But in 1836, a man by the name of Loyal Mason composed a melody. And in 1911, the Trinity Choir recorded a version of Isaac Watts' poem of which he was ostracized and called a heretic. And this version sung by the Trinity Choir in 1911 launched joy to the world into musical infamy. I want to look quickly today at three places where joy is specifically mentioned. You would think it was mentioned a lot in the Christmas story. In all of the Gospels, it's really only mentioned in three specific places. And I think that that speaks directly to where we are today and not how we're about to wrap up a series but how we're about to launch into a new year because of the word that God gave this church through this series. We've been over two of them. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, The angel said to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. I won't over-preach what we've already been through. You can go back and watch those series. But the first time we went over this passage, we, we really honed into the good news. Today, I want you to understand that the good news came with an experience. The good news, the gospel came with an eternal stability that goes way beyond my current circumstance. The shepherds tending their flocks by night encountered an angel that said to them, I bring you good news, I bring you the gospel, and it is with great joy and for great joy, and not just the gospel, but the great joy is for all people. Verse 11, what's the joy? What's the gospel? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I didn't realize how sentimental this day really was, um, but I did some deep theological study through Google. And, uh, and I found, I believe it's since 2011, 
Christmas has landed on Sunday, like December 25th, the day that we celebrate. And I don't feel like arguing with people about, well, Jesus didn't even come in December. Thank you very much. I know that the shepherds wouldn't have been out in the fields in the winter. And I also know that winter takes place in Israel at a different time. Stop arguing about stupid stuff. This is when we celebrate it. December 25th. <laughs> you're welcome. If you're a guest here, I'm like this all the time. I'm sorry. Um, it's... December 25th has landed on Sunday three times since 2011. It's kind of an odd uh, sequence of years that it lands. It actually lands every six years, every five years, every six years, and every 11 years. And so the next Christmas Sunday, my child will be 23 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand thirty-three. Two thousand thirty-three will be the next time that we get to come together like this on Christmas morning, despite the inconvenience of trying to come together like this on Christmas morning. But but what an opportunity! What an opportunity! I don't know if I'm supposed to share this or not, but I told my staff this morning and the people that joined us at 8.30 to pray before you came in here, we received more than one message, but one message specifically from a single individual whose family is not around this area, just saying, thank you so much for having a service on Christmas Day. I'm looking so forward to gathering with God's family this morning. That's joy that we have an opportunity today that we're not gonna have for another 11 years to acknowledge the fact that the angels brought good news of great joy for all the people. What was the good news? Jesus was born in the manger. God came to earth. The kingdom of heaven has come. So joy, dare I say, joy is not something that comes and goes. And joy is not something to be lost and found. Joy, Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, the psalmist writes, You make known to me the path of life. And I like to make scripture personal. I believe that God will make known to me the path of my life. You make known to me the path of life. Come on. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. So joy is not something that ebbs and flows with circumstance. Joy is not something that can come and then go. Joy is not something that's lost or found. Joy is discovered when we seek the presence of the one who was laid in the manger to reveal himself to man. God incarnate, Emmanuel with us and joy not a feeling but a decision joy not a problem or a blessing but joy the presence of the one that was placed in the manger of which we celebrate on December 25th joy is to be sought every single day 
of our lives. I want to go back to the wise men from the east. This is the second place where we see joy in the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, When they saw the star, because God likes to reveal himself, if you seek him, hear me, if you will seek him, the Bible says when you seek him with all of your heart, then you will find him. Hear me, God is not hiding from you. He's waiting for you to look for him. He's waiting to reveal himself to those who are willing to seek him no matter the situation, no matter the struggle, no matter the prophetic word, no matter the reflection, whether it's 2020 and things happen that you didn't see coming or it's 2023 and God begins to do things that you didn't even know he had the capacity or willingness to begin to do. Joy should be sought because it's Discovered in his presence. When they saw the star, he's revealing himself to people. The Bible says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, this is not in your notes, but verse 11 goes on to see, and when they saw the child in the manger, the Bible says that they fell down. See, it is okay to fall down in church. The Bible says they fell down and they worshiped him. So it should be a natural expression that we begin to adore him when we gather together in his name. Shouting and clapping and praising should not just be something that happens at our children's games. Say that. They didn't feel good on this side. I'm going to come over here for a minute. But the Bible says that they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then when they saw the child in the manger, they fell down and they worshiped him. And then, I didn't write the Bible, I'm just reading it. The Bible says they opened up their treasuries and they began to present him with gifts. Because when God begins to reveal himself in your life, there's nothing that he can't ask of you. They rejoiced. Notice they rejoiced in verse 10. They rejoiced with great joy before they ever saw the Savior in the manger. They rejoiced on what they believed God was going to do before they ever saw the fruition of what he had said. They decided, they made a decision. Their joy was not based on what they saw God do currently. Their joy was not based on what they saw God do previously, but they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy because they had a holy anticipation of what God was about to do whenever they express and they worship him with the word that they had been given by him. Their joy was based on their belief of what God was able and willing to do with, not just for, but with their lives. 
The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, do not grieve. Nehemiah prophesied this verse in the face of adversity. Nehemiah knew that the people of God were about to face some significant struggle as they attempted to go back and rebuild the wall, as they attempted to reinsert the will of God for their lives. Ezra read the law of the prophets, and all of the people began to weep and mourn, like, oh, we'll never live up to this standard. Oh, woe is me. What does God want? Oh, and Nehemiah's like, shut up. I know you're not supposed to say that on Christmas. My mom and my wife and my mother-in-law are all going to get on to me at the same time. But it's okay because I just won't listen. (laughs) Nehemiah says, listen, hey, do not grieve. This law, this word, it's not given to you for you to be overwhelmed and oppressed. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love the Maverick City version of Joy to the World. The singer in the middle of that song, he just begins to flow in the Holy Spirit and he says, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. See, when somebody gives you something, then the same somebody that gave it to you could take it back if they wanted to. But when they don't give it to you, they can't have it back. When it comes from him, nobody else can have it. When you don't put your security in things that can be taken away, then you put your faith in a firm foundation and your joy is strengthened by the presence of who God is no matter what happens. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not based on what I got for Christmas. You ever left a Christmas party sad? (laughs) I remember one year, Mom, I hope this is okay. She didn't give it. She didn't give it, We went to a Christmas party. I was so excited. I had a present with my name on it. I opened it up. I was so, I was waiting. I opened up my present. I picked it up and I looked and it was a science book. (laughs) Full of fish. I don't care about identifying the fish. I just want to eat it. It doesn't matter to me. And I looked over at my mama like, and she said, and I was like, mm, I got a book. Yay. The junk I'm going to do with this book. Stand on it so I can reach more stuff I ain't supposed to get. Thank y'all for the stool. Look, I, I get that, that Christmas traditions change over the years. And, and I certainly understand that that there are Christmases where things happen in the previous year and it's not like it was the year before. And if we're we're not careful, then we'll get stuck in what used to be instead of beginning to discover what God wants to do now. Listen, I I love the memories that God has given me 
I love the traditions that we've been able to establish over the years. Every year we, we would drive, no matter where we were, we would drive into town for, for 14 years, we, six hours with three kids in a car, yay. And we would go and, and we would get to this Christmas over here and, and then we would go over to this place and then we would try to see my granddaddy and then we would be at, at Mama T's on this night and then at, at BB and Pe Pepo Tim's in this morning and, and then we go back because Papa T wanted me to eat more food and I love to eat food so here we go and we did this and we went here and we went there and all those traditions were phenomenal but listen last night we had new traditions last night because Christmas Eve fell on Saturday and Christmas Day came on Sunday morning and it doesn't do it again for another 11 years last night we had our family here and I'm looking at what used to be and I love those seasons but then last night I thought man who knew in 2010 that we'd be pastoring a church where several hundred people would come on a Sunday morning and instead of us driving all over the place, our whole family, in-laws and everybody would come down here and they would look at what God is doing in Eunice, Louisiana. Man, I, I love the memories of what God's done in the past, but listen, don't stay stuck there because God's not done. He's not finished. He wants you to make more memories. He wants you to make new memories. He wants you to pick up that mantle and allow him to continue to reveal himself in fresh ways because your joy is not based on what used to be. Your joy, it comes from the Lord and the joy of the Lord is your strength. This could hurt, this could be a problem, this can be painful, but I'm gonna choose joy because joy has a name. Great joy was born in the city of David and placed in a manger and joy's name was Jesus. There's one more place I wanna look before I pray over you and we go off into this interesting Eunice weather that we have on Christmas. I've never gotten ready on Christmas morning with a splash of water from a cup. See, babe, it really doesn't take much to look this good. I'm just saying. I had a friend that told me I shouldn't stay, say stuff like that, but... Who cares? <laughs> There's one more place in the Christmas story that joy is mentioned. The Bible says in Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. Verse 40 says, she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Verse 41, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby who would be John the Baptist leapt in her womb and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth, because Mary walked in 
with the Christ child in her womb. Elizabeth, at the sound of somebody else's joy, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, and Zechariah came running around the corner with a bucket and a towel. What, woman? Because <laughs> his wife was pregnant, y'all. Come on, this <laughs> pregnant woman screams. But this was different. She exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. I have to imagine that when Mary first got the news, she didn't feel very blessed. I've got to imagine that when Mary's husband-to-be was ready to put her away silently, she probably didn't feel very blessed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when some of you began to truly surrender your lives to Jesus and you begin to try to tell those stories to the people that you thought would be excited about it, you didn't feel so blessed. In fact, I'm going to go out today and just imagine that when some of you started coming to this church instead of another church, because this is where you felt like God was leading you to go, you didn't feel very blessed about it. Mary carried the word that she had from the Lord. And I want you to notice that she came in and she carried joy no matter what was going on around her and her joy became contagious. And Elizabeth prophesied over her, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 43, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 44, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. I came to close out this service today and say, I understand that many people may be in a difficult place. Many of you this Christmas, it may be the most difficult Christmas that you've ever been through. You may have received some tough news or you may just be trying to embrace this day because you know what Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday are going to hold. But you can celebrate despite your circumstances and despite how other people may feel about what you're trying to communicate, you may not be able to celebrate what's going on around you, but you can walk in the joy of the one who lives within you. And if you will choose and decide that joy comes from the presence of God and is strengthened in the presence of God, then I believe that your joy is going to jump on somebody else and the joy that lives in you is going to begin to spread and cause somebody else's spirit to leap I love the New Living Translation it says when I heard your greeting the baby in my womb jumped for joy <laughs> maybe it's just the way I'm built I'm seeing like a, a 4D 
sonogram right now, like a little baby and a Some of you haven't laughed in the last three days. But if you just take the time to let God show you just a glimpse of his glory, his eternal supremacy, his sovereignty. You may be experiencing pain and problems, but hear me. The promises of God have been planted on the inside of you. Kingdom, Jesus, joy has come to the world.